This is Restoration Bible Church and Ministries. We are a people of excellence living purposefully. And now, here is God's servant, Reverend Tunde Bolanta, as he brings you God's word. We trust that you will be blessed as you listen. Welcome to second service. Um, I will pick up where I stopped. I'll review a bit and add a bit more. Go to Jonah chapter 2. Thanksgiving in the time of distress. For many people, you know, while I was preaching in the first service, I had a quick vision when I was walking up and down there. I saw a padlock. I believe the color was gray. From people's mouths were somebody's mouth was padlocked and I was thinking God what is the meaning of this for many of us it could be that the thing you trusted God for has not happened and you are beginning to feel like ah, you know and I give you an illustration that children during Christmas season like this they will ask daddy, daddy, I want a new football, I want a new shoe, I want a new bicycle, I want a PS, which one do they have, is it five or whatever? Children know all these things, they say daddy I want that. The moment, the moment you say to that child, I'm going to buy one for you, the child is going to go around the neighborhood and tell everybody. I have a new bicycle. How many of you fathers can identify what I'm saying? You said, I will get it before Christmas. The child will tell everybody, I have a new shoe. He has not seen it. But that child has faith in the father. That this is a father that cannot fail. This is a father that performs. But if you are the type of father that when you promise, the one you promised five years ago has not arrived, the child will say, mm, Daddy, I hope this time you are going to do it. When your child is thanking you, is reminding you of your promise. Even though December has come upon us, the one who put the sun there and has never required supply of energy from anybody, and he has been powering that sun since thousands of years. He can definitely power your life. The one that raised Jesus from the dead can definitely raise things in your life that are dead. The one that furnished a table in the wilderness can furnish a table for you. So don't let your thanksgiving be condition dependent. But that's it. Do not allow your thanksgiving to be what? Condition dependent. Job said, even if he slays me, I'm going to serve him. Now, when you close your mouth, like we're going to see the story of Jonah. Jonah disobeyed God. God said, Jonah, come and go to this place. He refused to go. He got into a boat, had the correct fare, ended up in the wrong place. The sea was troubled. He asked them to throw him in the sea. 
God arranged a fish to swallow him. Jonah 2 verse 1. Now it was in the belly of the fish. Then Jonah prayed into the, unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou had cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again to thy holy temple. Somebody say, yet I will look again. One of the thoughts I would like to remind us is that faith in the mercy of God will bring intervention resulting in thanksgiving in the time of distress. Faith in the mercy of God will bring intervention resulting in thanksgiving in the times of distress. Jonah said, I brought this upon myself. My disobedience in not going to Nineveh brought me this. I ended up going to Tarshish. I got into trouble going to Tarshish. But I will look again. If you've made some mistakes, sometimes we think we can only call on God when we have not made mistakes. But in the midst of our mistakes, we can call on God. In the midst of the things we brought on our own head, we can call on God. Hallelujah. So mercy, mercy, when you cry to God for mercy, Romans 3.25, the Bible says Jesus is our mercy seat or our propitiation. That word propitiation also means mercy seat. The mercy seat in heaven when Jesus rose from the dead, he carried his blood there for you. He carried his blood there for you. You know what that means? Jesus said, I committed no sin. They committed no righteousness. But I stood in their place. And he carried blood into the presence of Almighty God for you. And every time you're in trouble, like the Seraphonician woman, her daughter was vexed with the devil. I think that's Matthew 15. Her daughter was vexed with the devil. And disciples told her, you can't see Jesus. They even told Jesus, drive this woman away. They told Jesus all that. But the woman prayed a simple prayer. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Mercy is God's willingness to suffer with you, to pity you, to be full of eager yearning. Say with me, mercy is God's willingness to suffer with me, to be full of eager yearning, and to pity me. Hallelujah. That's called mercy. When you say, Jesus, have mercy, you say, Jesus, I know you, you can suffer with me in this situation. Hallelujah to Jesus. Whatever you are going through, child of God, this morning, I want you to know that God is not only powerful, but he is willing. He's not only able, but he's willing. God has a special 
ability in taking people that the world has rejected, losers, and making champions out of them. If you look around you, you see some that were many that he has made something good out of our lives. How many of you has God made something good out of your mess? He's done something good out of your life. He has a specialty in doing that. There was a woman they caught in adultery. And they said, we caught her in the very act. They came to stone her. My only problem with that story was that the man was nowhere to be seen. And Jesus began to write something on the ground. And they all ran away. I don't know what Jesus wrote. Maybe he had a word of knowledge. And he was writing where did they serve where. God is always about mercy towards you. I don't know if you understand. What does it mean to be a child of God? It means that you are born of God. You are born of God. What does it mean to be born of God? You are the flesh of his flesh and the bone of his bone. The joy of any father when they give you that baby for the first time is amazing because you are looking at somebody that you have produced. When God looks at you, he has a big smile. I said, when God looks at you this morning, he has what? Some of you don't, you didn't even repeat what I said. I said, when God looks at you, he has what? He looks at you and says, wow, that's my boy. That's my baby. That's my boy. The Bible says we are his workmanship. Ephesians 2.10. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Do you know in the realm of the spirit you look just like Jesus? Hello. I say you just look like Jesus in the realm of the spirit. When he sees you, he sees himself. If a woman has a baby in a hospital, and you, you come to greet them, and you look at the baby and say, you this sinner. What's the, what the mother going to tell you? You say, are you well? What sin has this baby committed? I want to announce to you this morning that through the blood of Jesus, you are more righteous than a newborn baby. Amen. I say, you are more righteous than a newborn baby. Amen. Because you have the nature of God. Jesus has credited your life with his own righteousness today. And that's why no matter what you are going through, when God looks at you, he says, I need to raise that boy up. I need to do something about this boy. I want to say to somebody this morning that the mercy of God is towards you. Amen. The mercy of God is towards your family. Amen. God is not looking for how we punish. Somebody say, God is angry with us. If God is angry with us, we are dead. Do you know the sun that you see in the sky? If you're a little bit closer to it, it will fry up like fried fish. If we are a little bit further from it, which will be too cold, we all die. It's the mercy of God that positioned that sun like that. I want to say the mercy of God is towards you today. Amen. I want to say the mercy of God is towards your family today. Amen. It doesn't matter what you've been through this year. His mercy has kept you. I say his mercy has kept you. His mercy will keep you to the end. You will prosper, you will increase. Anything that has happened in your life, you can still find a place to give thanks. Because what the enemy planned for you was worse than that. But the truth, the enemy planned worse things for you, but the God of heaven said, that's my child. He's not going to go beyond that point. 
I want to say the mercy of God is towards your family. I want to say the mercy that kept you in January will bring you through December, will bring you into 2024. He said the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That Seraphonician woman said, I may not be qualified. I may not be able to make it on my own, but I'm depending on your mercy. Jesus, you are my mercy, said this morning, and I receive mercy in the name of Jesus. If you have received mercy this year, can you wave your hand and give the Lord a shout of appreciation this morning? I said, give the Lord a shout of appreciation this morning. Give the Lord a shout of appreciation this morning. I said, give him a shout of appreciation this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Please sit down. Mercy breaks protocols in your behalf. Mercy does what? It breaks protocols in your behalf. Somebody in the belly of the fish. Have you ever had anybody pray in the belly of the fish? Remember Hannah? Hannah was praying, Hannah was praying, Hannah was praying, Hannah was praying. The priest, had priest came and said, this drunken child of Belial, most of us will have lost it there. The Seraphonician woman, Jesus said, it's not fit to give children's bread to dogs. He was stating a cultural fact. You know, we have very different names. We call ourselves too in Nigeria. I will not call them. People refer to other tribes in different ways. That's what he was just saying. But the woman said, Jesus, I will not be offended, for <laughs> Your name is mercy. Your name is what? Mercy. It stands for willingness. It stands for that you are ready to suffer with me. It stands that you are ready to pity me. Don't let anybody ever tell you you have no hope. There's no hopeless situation for a child of God. He said, God. He said, go, go, go. He said, the protocol will not allow you to say, your faith has made you whole. Your faith in the mercy of God in this season will bring a turnaround for you in Jesus' name. If you find yourself thinking like this, Time has passed. I have lost time. Then you don't believe in the mercy of God. Because what mercy does is to compress time in your behalf. What mercy does is to take 10 years of your life that you thought you lost, it will make it into a few months. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. Things were not just working. His own brothers were the first kidnappers recorded in Scripture. They kidnapped him, put him into a dry well, sold him like a cheap slave. He was resold again to Potiphar. He was lied against, went into prison. In that prison, it looks like all hope was lost. But as the graph of his life was going down, he was getting closer to destiny. His destiny helper was coming. Sometimes the graph of your life is going down. Your friends are saying you are going down. But on that downward journey, mercy is waiting for you to break every protocol and return you to where you will be. I want to declare over somebody today that the mercy of God 
is going to intercept that spiral downward journey. And the Lord will take you to where you ought to be. God will compress time in your behalf in the name of Jesus. I say heaven will compress time in your behalf in the name of Jesus. God will do so much for you. Press down, shaking together, and running over. The boy woke up a prisoner and he went to bed a prime minister. That God can still do it for somebody here. I said that God can still do it for somebody here. Please be seated for a bit. Are you getting what I'm saying today? Mercy will break protocols in your behalf. The woman with the issue of blood, protocol was plenty. She was not supposed to be there. Besides, she was on her hands and feet, her knees, crawling towards Jesus. But her faith brought Jesus towards her. Yesterday morning, I was just in my study, preparing. And I had an open vision while I was sitting down there. One of the churches I had visited this year, in Denmark specifically, I found myself back in that church. I'm sitting down, you know, I'm, here, I'm, here, I'm in my cabin here, sitting down. And I saw myself praying for a young lady who had been in that meeting. I was praying for her. Uh, it was just a flash. I thought, Lord, Abba, I can't be there and be here at the same time. But in the realm of the Spirit, there's no distance. You can go and come. And then I said, ah. So I now, you know, I got all that information in the Spirit. So I took my, I wrote to the pastor, I said, hello, blah, 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 blah. This lady has this problem in your church, and God says there's light at the end of the tunnel. The pastor wrote back to me, said, when I see her, I will tell her. Now, that's mercy. I believe God will raise help from nowhere for somebody here. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not giving you positive confession. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. That before the 31st of December, help that you are not expecting is going to hit you in the name of Jesus. Help you are not expecting is going to visit your family in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, lift your hand and thank the Lord for it. Praise the Lord. Because I'm not that woman's pastor now. But God, in his mercy, reached out to her. One of the things you need to learn about the realm of the Spirit is that when God, by the Holy Ghost, like the word of knowledge and all these gifts, when God decides to oppress them, the problem is solved. Hallelujah. When God decides to operate any of these gifts, that means God just... You know, it's like overriding everything and say, I need to get to that person. And he gets, gets, gets the job done. All right. So Jonah, I still want to, let's see. Let's go back to Jonah chapter 2. He, t- he talked about all the things he was going through, blah, 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 and all that. He said, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord 
And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. I will sacrifice. Let's go to verse 8. If you can put up verse 8 there. Let's back up a bit to verse 8. It says, verse 8, They that observe lying vanities, verse 7, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies, but I will sacrifice unto thee, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed, salvation is of the Lord. He said, they that observe lying vanities. What are lying vanities? Your, your present circumstances that deny the mercy of God. The Bible called them lying vanities. And of course, we can identify with Jonah, rather, that it was in a situation, have you ever seen anybody rescue somebody from the belly of a fish? How? There was no help, humanly speaking. There was no help. He said, but despite what I see, I will make a sacrifice of thanksgiving. He called it a sacrifice of thanksgiving. What is a sacrifice? Is that which is not convenient for you to do. Your sacrifice may be irrational to somebody else. They will say, ah, what is your problem? Why are you bothering yourself? Why are you making so much ado? He said, but I will make a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Well, when we talk about sacrifice, we talk about slaughtering an animal, killing something. How many of you realize that when you kill an animal, even your Christmas chicken, if that chicken can talk, how many of you know if that chicken could speak, that chicken would say, this is wickedness. You know, some people don't, don't eat anything killed, though. There are some people like that. I've met many people in my life. <laughs> but let me not go there. Praise God. They won't eat anything killed. Oh, did you, was it killed? How will you get me if we didn't kill it now? <laughs> I remember we had some kids here some years ago. And I don't know if it was Pastor Joy that gave us a goat in our house. Pastor Joy, you're the one that gave us goat one year. I had some children, some of these my visiting kids. This, this, uh, from that Bible school we used to teach, teach in Europe. They came and they were visiting us. Some of them came, they were staying, you know. So when Pastor Joy's goat came, I think they gave the goat a name. <laughs> and in the morning they will go and be touching the goat's body and be playing with it and they will sit in front of the goat and they will hug the goat ah. <laughs> true story mommy can confirm the story they will hug the goat ah. I say ah please 
Don't, don't be friendly with this goat. <laughs> it's not a member of our family. <laughs> but these children, they were teenagers. I think they were probably, some of them were 16, 18, you know, very young people, or young adults. You know, they were just, oh, once they come back from outside, they will go and sit by the goat. Some of them have never been near a goat that much in their life. They'll be patting it. Oh, they'll be snapping picture with the goat. <laughs> Say, you these children. You these children. Because I know that one day, <laughs> one day, one day, that goat is going to enter the pot. That was a very bad day in our house. When they came back and they didn't see the goat, they were first bewildered. Who stole our goat? Who stole our animal? Who stole our friend? They were looking everywhere. This was a very emotional trauma. <laughs> For you, it is not because you are used to killing goats. They have never even killed chicken in their life. You. When they realized that the goat was killed, and we had cooked the goat. <laughs> hey, these children refused to. It was as if somebody died. I'm trying to. I'm trying to emphasize to you sacrifice. As far as those children was concerned, you just killed their best friend. So when Jonah said, "I will offer the sacrifice," I'm going to give God something that is not convenient. What was, I kept saying Job, Jonah. What was Jonah's issue? I don't like the Ninevites. I don't like the Assyrians. I, they are enemies of Israel. I don't even want them to be saved. I want all of them to go to hellfire. That's Jonah for you. But God, because you told me to preach to them, I repent. I sacrifice my opinion. Somebody hearing God. Costly sacrifices produce thanksgiving. Costly sacrifices. That's the thought I'm taking now. Produce thanksgiving. My brother, my sister, if it doesn't cost you anything, it means nothing. So if it doesn't cost you anything, it means nothing. So even to come to church, say, well, that road that they are doing, self. It's blocking my speed. Well done. Are you going to worship God? Or is it your motto that is more important? We keep finding reasons not to give thanks. Costly sacrifices produce thanksgiving. Jonah's national pride. Jonah's ideology. All those things have to be sacrificed. The reason of us cannot give thanks that there are things we've built in our lives, monuments we've built in our lives, opinions we've built in our lives, and they must come down. He said, I will pay my vows when I was in trouble. You know, many people can, they can tell God when they're in trouble, they will do something. Once that time passes, they say, ah, Father, you will understand. You understand. When we're in trouble, we cry, Father! When the trouble is over, 
God. Just bear with me now. Is somebody hearing what the Lord is saying? Costly sacrifices produce thanksgiving. Now, so what, what happens? Jonah, the fish vomited Jonah on dry ground. Isn't God merciful? If the fish had vomited Jonah into the sea, another fish without a mandate would have killed him. Some of us are not thankful. Eh, I went through that trouble. I came out. Thank God. I went Look, you could have come out of that trouble. Another trouble bigger than that trouble could have eaten you up. I am here today. I'm alive. He God kept me. His mercy. Sometimes we forget this mercy. That we sometimes, oh, Father, when I went through this trouble, you brought me out, then another one came again. Now, is it only me? What I'm saying is that Jonah, from rebellion to Tarshish to the sheep to the sea to the stomach of the fish, and you are still alive. And you are still alive. And you are still alive. Anything could have gone wrong somewhere. One day I was, I was coming from somewhere. I think I was coming from some place called now. Anyway. And um, we got to, the, to, the, to France, Charles de Gaulle. Somewhere in the UK, I was coming back home. And the runway was filled with water. Maybe you take it easy that you can just land and get up. You just land and get up. We couldn't land. Everybody was praying, even those that don't believe in God. We did, 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 did. There's nothing as bad as being in the air and you can't come down. That you appreciate it's good to trek. <laughs> <laughs> When the pilot tells you, well, we're not able to, you're just in limbo. And you are seeing the ground, though. The ground you are, you are, this ground that you are walking anyhow. You are looking at it, you are looking at ah, Which dry spot will they put us here now? And they, they can't put you anywhere. Which I say, okay, you can go to another town to land. When you touch the ground, you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But when you wake up in the morning, you say, oh, that's how some of us are. We can't thank God because we, do, we don't know. Yeah, he delivered us from something. Then something else came. He delivered us. But we cannot put it together. We all just say, well, if I didn't go through it. If God has not kept you, my brother, my sister, you will not be here today. You are here by the mercy of God. You believe that? Lift your hand and give him praise and glory in the house of God. So costly sacrifices, they lead to thanksgiving. Um, hmm. There's so many examples I got here. 
All right, let me start with Rebecca. Let's see if I can find Rebecca for you. Let's look at the story of Rebecca. Hmm. Go to the book of Genesis 24, verse 17. It's a long story. I'll just read a little bit. You can read the rest when you get home. This is a story of when um, Isaac's, um, Abraham's servant um, was sent. Uh, I believe his servant was Eliza, though the Bible doesn't say that, but when he was sent to go and look for a, a wife for Isaac, and then he went on this journey. Verse 17, Genesis 24, 17. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. Verse 18. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her head and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, someone said she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again onto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. And then the rest of the story, you can read it. Now, when I say costly sacrifices, this lady was um, fetching water for 10 camels. And we're told that camels are capable of drinking up to 30 gallons of water in 13 minutes. And when a camel is really thirsty, they can drink up to 50 gallons of water. 30 gallons is about 130 liters of water in just 30 minutes. So this girl fetched at least 300 uh, liters of water, uh, 300 gallons of water. Um, Mrs. Onovo, how many liters is that? You're a teacher. 300 gallons of water. Times 113. All right, you tell us later. She normally have children to pass the exam. Can you imagine a young girl, a stranger, giving a stranger water and going down to fetch 30 gallons. I'm sure she doesn't look like this modern ones. Even some of you, one gallon, uh, you're already taking Panadol. <laughs> or one gallon. This lady, 30 gallons for 10 camels. Is that not a big sacrifice? The man said, give me water to drink. It's not that the man cannot fetch the water himself. Was it a sacrifice? This is the modern era. You say the way the girl was doing sa, 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 sa. Young people, listen to me. Listen to me. 
the culture were imbibing is not in the Bible. The Bible says Abraham, Sarah called her husband. Sarah called her husband. Answer me. What is the meaning of Lord? Huh? My owner, my master. And I know some people already say, this is chauvinistic. This, it's not chauvinistic. I'm just trying to help you. It's not chauvinistic of what I'm saying. It's in your Bible. If I want translation of the Bible, I'll change that place now. I won't tell you the translation. He said, and he called her, I think it's darling. He called him darling or something like that. So that's not the meaning. He didn't say darling. He said master. We are equal under God, okay? A man is not better than a woman. But God gave the role of headship to the man. Church, don't quiet. Maybe I say, move on, move on. I'm moving. <laughs> it's just that now, the faces of people is not encouraging me. <laughs> Your faces are not encouraging me. You sisters, kind of smile a little bit. Just smile. I mean, if you say, Pastor, we are still with you. Sisters, can you say, Pastor, we are still with you? Small. <laughs> he called her Master. Hallelujah. I wanted to see the attitude of that young girl. Her attitude of service, of honor. She didn't know she was walking into her whole future. So how you honor people can affect where you go in life. I don't care if they are tall, short, whatever. Give everybody their honor. Sir. Ma. Sir. In this culture, we do sama to everybody. All those movies we are watching, many of those homes are broken. Most of those people, they, they marry just scatter. And you want to copy the, the, the culture of fame. The culture of fame and your Bible is not the same. This service, it's not the way I planned it. And when you are not patient with life, you will get into trouble. You see, have you seen those boys with those big phones and big cars? They call them Yahoo Yahoo. They will tell you Yahoo Plus. Which one is minus? <laughs> the education is a scam. I wear a short nika. We were in one part of Nigeria, mommy and I were in one hotel. Very expensive hotel. Somebody put us there. When I saw some people with short nika, and canvas. I had to say, ah, come. They look like 18-year-old children with small, small girls who look like 15, 16. I say, God, what is this? Maybe you are listening to me on social media. I'm sure I don't have those sign of people here. I hope not. And that is what you are looking at as standard in life. So your father is driving a Mercedes. I can buy a Jeep, 20 million now. Which work did you do to buy that Jeep of 20 million, you criminal? Are you this small girl with small brain? 
See, that guy just bought me iPhone. Which one is the latest now? Huh? Huh? 15. See, I don't even know which one is the latest. Who cares? There's more to do with my money than my phone. Some people say, please, we cannot pay school fees. I want to bring their phone out. You say, that your school fees is in that phone. Sell your phone and pay your child's school fees. You just buy your iPhone 15, your brain just scatter. You say, come and follow me to somewhere. You better sit down in your father's house. I say, sit down in your father's house. Amen. Sit down in your father's house. Because yes, the day they will use you for ritual, they will not know where you ended. <laughs> One of our brothers, if you want to clap, clap. If you don't want to clap, leave up. It doesn't bother me if you clap. If you don't clap, it's your problem. As a project we are doing there. So one of the carpenters was telling me just a few days ago, I will not call the name of the town. I said, Daddy, I want to walk in that town. See, it's all those young, young boys with short knicker and canvas, with small, small girls. He said, Daddy, do you know what? I think he said, they are living together with a pig in one of the rooms. And the pig would defecate. They are using the pig defecation. You see, he was just praying to leave that place. So. So because he has collected money, he had to do the work. So he had to go and buy socks because you cannot match ground. Which kind of prosperity, which person they stay with pig? Are you small girl to you? I say, money is just flowing. You are, you are confused. Anyway, let's get back to Rebecca. Rebecca had godly values. She made the sacrifice. Many of you want God, you, 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 is it because you don't want to sacrifice anything for God. A hireling mentality will rob you of thanksgiving. Note it down. Let me go to that one quickly. And then I, I will take one more thing I should be done. A hireling mentality. What's a hireling mentality? Let's see what Jesus said about it. Some people cannot give thanks now because their own is cash and carry. John chapter 10. What's a hireling mentality? Jesus said, it's written in red, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeing the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and known of mine. John 15, 15, please. John 15, 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth what his, not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. There's a big difference when somebody has a hireling mentality. Jesus further talked about this in Matthew chapter 20. You can write it down from verse 1 to 16. You remember the parable or the story he told about a man who went out early in the morning to hire some workers and uh, he planned to pay them a penny a day. Then the third hour he went out again. He hired some and then in the sixth hour, he hired some. In the eleventh hour, he hired some again. Um, 
and so on and so forth. Verse 8, so Matthew 28, so when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. And when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they were likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and that has made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is and go thy way, and I will give unto this last even as unto thee. And so on. All right, let's tie it up there. Hireling mentality. That's the reason people cannot give thanks. Even in the office, they have a hireling mentality. And that's a problem with some of our, 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 our people in civil service and people working in different places. Just a hireling mentality. You are working for the pay. Child of God, listen to me very well. Second Corinthians 5.20 says, Now we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. Wherever you work as a Christian, you are an ambassador. You are representing Jesus there. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. ambassador. Talk to your neighbor and say, Ambassador. They didn't smile, but say, Ambassador, I'm greeting you. An ambassador represents a king in the court of another king. Are you an ambassador? When you are an ambassador, everything you do there, you want to reflect the home country where you came from. When we were children, our parents used to tell us back then, know whose child you are. They used to remind us that every time we left home, we represented the family. Did anybody hear that kind of advice as a child? Say, know whose child you are. And I want to tell you as a Christian, know whose child you are. Say, the angel of the Lord stood by me this night, whose I am and whom I serve. Even in chain, Paul knew he was an ambassador. So maybe I'm working in Coca-Cola, I'm working in Pepsi, I'm working in NMPC, I'm working in Cadbury, Nigeria, I'm working in a school, I'm working in a, a lawyer, legal firm, IT, wherever you are working. In the mind of God, you represent him first there. Very important. Most Christians don't think like that. They work for the higher. If another person wants to add a little bit, they are ready to jump. One of my neighbors years ago, a security man, a security man, he just came one day and saw that the security man was in the opposite gate. He had switched from his own house to the house opposite him. <laughs> so he thought he was, thought maybe he was visiting somebody there. <laughs> the man didn't come to open gate for him. He said, Ankara man, 500. <laughs> 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 I mean, the man 500. The other guy has added 500 naira for him, so he has moved. Are you a hireling? I said in the first service, Paul said, I thank my God who has counted me worthy to put me in the ministry. I'm going to round up here. 
And I don't need your amen. When you walk anywhere, you serve, even in the church, you don't keep telling us, if you know, if you know the sacrifice I'm making in this church, I come here to, there are some women in this church, they are fantastic. When I come here on Saturday morning to do sports, they are, scr- they are scrubbing the floor. When they wear their Sunday best, I don't even recognize them sometimes. Because they all look like casual workers on Saturday. Scrubbing the floor. Are, that floor you are matching, they are scrubbing it. They are scrubbing it. They scrub, 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 scrub everywhere. So that we can have service. Who is going to see them? But another person will come and say, ah, if you know what I'm doing for God in that church. I'm the first to come, I'm the first to, I'm the first to They don't even appreciate my ministry. I'm suffering for Christ. Shh. You're talking. Heaven may not recognize that sacrifice. Jesus did not tell God, God, I'm leaving heaven, no, but I want to remind you, me too, I'm still God. I'll be born in the manger, but I'm telling you, I'm God, though. That was not the relationship. When you constantly have to drive it home, this soup I made for you, the kind of smoke that entered my eye when I was cooking with my husband, you don't know how I suffer. Every day you cook soup, there will be a sermon on how you cook the soup. You have a problem. You are married, you signed for that. Or when you pay the children's school fees, you have to give one hour lecture. I have paid your school fees now. These children, did they force you to come to this world? <laughs> Did they, did they force you to come to this world? I've not paid your school fees, or you this children. I've not paid your school fees. I've not paid your school fees. Uh-uh. You didn't take their permission. You just brought them. Yes, sir. So pay school fees and shut up. Thank God I could even pay. What are people that cannot pay? I don't need your amen, no. <laughs> Keep your amen. Gratitude. Father, I thank you that I'm able to pay school fees. I'm able to pay this rent. Don't rub it in. Don't make, don't make people feel, I, 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 I'm here by 7 a.m. I live by 5 a.m. I'm suffering for the Lord. Shh. You want me to thank you? Okay, thank you. Then heaven will not record it. Choose the record you want. This one, Jesus said, if you do your good so that men will say you have your reward already on earth. And that's how many people want us to run ministry. Why are you not calling our name on the pulpit? There are some very terrible, dangerous givers here. They give dangerously, nobody even knows them. They walk in quietly and they sneak out quietly. Well, if you give five naira, we must announce your name. You know, the year is ending. Sometimes we used to leave serious talk for the end of the year. There's some serious talk. It's at December, they will tell you. <laughs> Somebody said, they must have a lot of money. They keep giving food to people. It's the heart that we have. It is the heart. I know what has been good with that. Some of the people that collect, too, they are no more collecting. They are workers in the church now. They are also coming out to give tithes. They are coming out to give offering. We help them find their path. Oh, you must find fault with everything. Because you are a higher link. You are looking at, ah, 
bag of rice now. They just they share them. They just they share them. You should bring one and help that department. Don't be looking at people that will collect. If you too want to collect, they didn't stop you from collecting. But don't be, don't be, just calm down. Allow people to live their life. The fact that you can afford, somebody cannot afford, it doesn't make you better than him. It's condition. Anybody can be in that situation. And if a brother is in that situation, my prayer is that they will not be there forever. Amen. That the more they hear the word of God, God will bless them and they will also grow. Let's, let's rise. So I think I said enough for today. Let's rise to our feet. We are here tomorrow again by God's grace, 9 a.m. Lift your hand and give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Be grateful that he's kept you alive, he's kept you among the living. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We can always look to you for mercy. Thank you for your mercy upon all our people this morning. Even as this year grows to an end, rolls to an end, I take the blood from the mercy seat in heaven, the blood of the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. I sprinkle it on each person here today that your feet are here today. By January 1st, your feet shall be here again. Amen. That whatever is stealing, killing, and destroying will not come near you or your family in the name of Jesus. I sprinkle the blood upon you as you go and come in. You will go in safety. You will return in safety in the name of Jesus. Every enemy, every enemy of peace and progress, I come against them in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, bless their bread and water. Thank you for taking sickness away from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. Do join us same time next week. Follow us on our social media handles, Facebook and Instagram at Restoration Ministries International, Twitter and Mixilar at RBCM Online, and our website is www.rbcmonline.org. You can also be part of our live power park services every Wednesday by 5.30 p.m. and on Sunday by 7 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. respectively at Restoration International Conference Center, RICC, Romanew Extension, Kaduna South. God bless you.